0: Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Amen. That was wonderful. How many appreciate our worship teams here? Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Thank you, guys. So we're going to have some more time of worship towards the end there, because we have a baptism service today. How many know baptism is an exciting time for people to make a commitment to the Lord? And so um, so we're going to dive right into the Word this morning and, um, you know, and see what God has for us today. So we, we started a little thing here called God's Stories. This is week number one. And I believe that as we tell testimonies, you know, God begins to move when we begin to give Him glory. Amen. So we have, uh, we have a few testimonies. There's a couple from the Highway to Wholeness. Uh, we also have some testimonies from some baptisms that happened this week in our hot tub. Right, Camilla? So we're excited about that. And uh, so we're going to show a video right now. If we can bring that up and put the volume up, that'd be wonderful. Hi, I'm Noah and I attended the Highway to Wholeness on the weekend. And before that, why I wanted to attend is I had issues with myself. I believed all the lies that the enemy had told me ever since they've been put there since I was a kid. I have major lung issues. And after the events of Highway to Wholeness, my lungs have opened up to a new degree. I have been able to breathe more and it feels so amazing and clear. And my positivity towards myself has been amazing. And to finish it off, after Highway to Wholeness, I got baptized again to re-establish my faith with God. And it's been amazing, and my life just feels so much better after that event. If you ever realize that there's something that you need help with, the Highway to Wholeness is great for establishing what areas of your life that need to be fixed and how to fix them, and it's an amazing walk with God. So I'm here today to recommit my life to God and really focus on what He wants me to do for His life. When you go under the water, that person you just described stays under the water, drowned and dead, and gone, and buried in Christ, buried. in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we baptize you into Jesus Christ, I'm doing it now to rededicate my
1: life to Lord Jesus, because I need to reconnect and start following by His laws again, I need to give my life to him and start serving the way that he wanted me to
0: and i do this and to do that and to make my relationship with god again here and that it's let's go of my past and i
1: hold on to it for too long and i need to let it go and I give that up to lord jesus now and i ask that please take it. So. all
0: right in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit, spirit. <laughs> I'm letting go of the past and my sins that I've committed to Jesus I ask for his forgiveness and his help with the rest of my life and heal my skin too <laughs> well, in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit we baptize you into Jesus Christ There you go Woo. Yes, thank you. Yeah. God is thank so you,
1: good. <laughs> All the time. Yes. Hello everybody. I would like to share that six months ago they found a cyst on my breast and the doctor said he had to see me back in six months. And yesterday I went and they, the technician had the ultrasound and looked and looked and said, I have to get the doctor. And I thought, oh no, but, but I was praying. And the doctor came and looked and looked with the wand and sat back in the chair and he said to me, I can't explain it, but it's gone. The cyst is gone. Amen. And, and I said, amen. The church has been praying, doctor, this is a miracle. And I, and I said, Merry Christmas and thank you. I've been healed. Thank Amen. you, Jesus.
0: God is still in the miracle-working business, eh? Amen. 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 Awesome. So, is that exciting? More to come. So, you know, we're gonna next week. We'll do part two. We got more testimonies coming because God is on the move today, and it's awesome. Come up here for a second, Sarah, my dear. Isn't she awesome? Let's give her a hand. What a powerful testimony! You know, we taught. We've been talking about shadow wars the last couple weeks. We were talking about fallen angels, and how the devil himself, Lucifer, has angels, and we I showed you in the scripture that are fallen in nature, and they're working uh, through false gods, and they p- present themselves as God, but they're gods with a small g. You know, we went through all that. And many times when you're involved in occultism and witchcraft and New Age and all that, you you open the door for those kind of spirits to come and bring a curse in your life. And so I know Sarah, many years ago, was involved uh, in, in the New Age movement quite a bit, uh, some Wicca and stuff like that. She was a witch and she was involved in that. And she's been coming to the church for many years, completely been through encounter weekends, been to highways, and God has done an amazing work in her. And then just, I think last week you had uh, Pastor Anita come to your house and you, you found some more stuff in your house. Did you want to share what happened there?
1: Can I just take 10 minutes, five minutes? Sure. Yeah. Right. Well, Okay, I'm nervous, but I really want to share this. Um, I've been under attack from the evil one for the whole month of November. Um, it all started. I uh, I lost my vehicle, and the Lord the Lord made made something good of it. I was able to get a substantial amount of money for it that paid for everything I needed for Christmas. Praise God. And then um, I, I got sick with the flu for a whole week, and, but praise God, it wasn't COVID. And um, but but what it, what was happening was I had I was missing church because of these things. I, I missed three Sundays in 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 the month of November, and I missed my Connect group. Um, and um, oh, just bear with me here. Um, Oh, praise God! Well, about about the car, I I had it. It was a miracle I didn't get into an accident and wasn't killed because what what they found was wrong with the car was very serious, including my my front end brakes were almost gone, and um, and then um, bear with me, um, then. Um, I, I got physically constipated for nine days. I spent 10 hours in eMERGE, and the doctors couldn't help me. And they sent me home and told me to get all this medicine from the drugstore that cost me $85, and none of it worked. And what happened was um, the, the, the night that I took all this medicine, I began... I, I was extremely ill. I was profusely vomiting and shaking and chills and everything. And then my dear friend Wendy, who belongs to our church here, she said, Sarah, get some prune juice and prunes. And she told me what to do. And she that healed me because I was in so much pain. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It was horrible, absolutely horrible. And then... Um, um I I got a list of Christmas items that my grandson wants for Christmas and it was all filled he wants santanic skulls and he he wants all this santanic stuff and I blamed myself and, and and anyway I I didn't know what to do I I was a mess I I was just screaming out to Lord please no not my grandson please and Anita I called Anita she was at my house in 45 minutes oh and the night before Jen who who belongs to our church she she was at my home and she said Sarah I please don't get angry with me but why do you have a skull in your living room and and I I thanked her and I said I got to think about this Jen and then when Anita came the next day she was on my doorstep in 45 minutes and she said, Sarah, do you have anything in your home that's demonic? And we cleaned it. I had almost a full garbage bag of all witchcraft and satanic items that I didn't even realize I had. And, and she took it all out of my home and we prayed over my home. We prayed, uh, all generational curses broke in the name of Jesus. And I, I, I. I feel like a a newborn Christian again. The joy I feel in my in my spirit is, is just beautiful. And, and and being at church now has a new meaning for me. I don't know how to explain it. It's just beautiful. And if I've forgotten anything, I'm sorry, but thank you. Thank you for letting me share and thank you for your prayers.
0: What's your grandson's name again? Dallas. Dallas. Let's pray for Dallas. Okay. And let's pray for any, anyone's kids who, who, Father, we just lift up Dallas and we lift up other yes. young generation that are just um, being buried with uh, with sorcery and witchcraft and all this stuff that's coming down the tube. And God, we just pray that the power of the, the, the enemy's kingdom is broken and that freedom comes to this generation. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Amen. Got a church full of preachers here. This is good. Amen. So so as I was saying, we were talking about shadow wars. I'm just going to say a prayer, and we're going to dig into part three. Father, we thank you for this time together. God, we ask that you would speak to our hearts and change our lives and allow your word to come afresh in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So today what I want to talk about, as I mentioned before, we've already talked about. Shadow Wars in regards to what 's happening in the in the realm of the spirit, that there's a kingdom of darkness and there 's a kingdom of light, and we 've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and we 've been planted in the kingdom of god 's dear son so we 're born again, so the God of this world, Satan does not have control over us amen, amen. and so that 's the good news and so we talked a little bit about the uh, the hierarchy of angels and what 's happening in the realm of the spirit uh, so today I want to talk about um, you know uh, about how we battle in the shadows. And next week, we're going to finish off with a message on the end times. And then we're going to get into some cheerful Christmas stuff. So after that, so so uh, let's, let's get into this today. Today, I want to use an analogy that was actually an analogy used by Plato in uh, 346 BC, I think is when he passed away. And as you know, he's a Greek philosopher. And uh, the reason why he wrote this, uh, this analogy uh, was to really compare the effect of the educated, and the uneducated, and what it looks like. But today, I'm going to use it to better explain the transformation, that the transformational journey that we're on as Christians. Okay. And so, what I would like you to do is come with me on a bit of a journey. We're going to just dim the lights a bit here, Jonas, and get, go on a little bit of a journey. So, his analogy goes like this. And again, I, I'm taking it, and I'm I'm going to modify it a little bit. So, I want you to imagine for the first time that you've come to consciousness. Okay. You're born in a cave at the back of a cave and it's dark and you're chained to the ground. Your your feet are chained. Your ankles are chained. Your neck is chained. I mean, you are just stuck on your belly on the ground. You can look to the left and right a little bit and you notice there's others that are chained with you and it's damp and it's dark. And that's all you ever known is that fact that you're laying in the back of the cave and you're looking at a stone wall and you see just the flickering light on the wall that's all you can see and you begin to see these things moving on the wall called shadows I want you to imagine if you now come up in your mind's eye and come up to a bird's eye view and you're looking down at yourself behind you and your peers is a brick wall that's about shoulder height and then we have these people walking behind the wall i to get you to help me Peter this is your little broom over your shoulder Camilla's got a ball and Anita's got a box, okay? Here we go. So you're laying there, and these guys are walking this way, horizontally behind you. Pretend there's a wall and just walk by. And you're looking and you're talking to your friends. You say, wow, I wonder what that is. And you're seeing the shadow of a broom. And then you see the next person walk by, and she has a, a ball over her shoulder. That's Camilla. All right. And Anita's got a box and you're laying there with your friends and you're looking at the shadows of something that's going on behind you that you're not even aware is happening. You can be seated. Thank you. And so your existence is you're laying there, you're looking at the flickering light, you're seeing these shadows and you're discussing the shadows. You're talking about what's going on behind you. You're trying to describe what that is and you're having conversations. You're saying, you know, I think let's I think sex is the answer. I think having many relationships is the answer. I think success is the answer. Let's, that round thing there, I think that's success. We want to have success. We want to have money. I think security is the answer. I think, like, we're voting for the wrong political party. Maybe we got to go more left or more right. I think that's the answer to our problems. I think that religion is the answer. So you're sitting there with your friends talking about the shadows, and that's all you can ever know or understand, because that's all you've ever seen. And I want you to imagine for a moment that you look over, you hear something snap, you hear a, a crackle, and you look over and you realize that the chains have come off, they've opened up. And you're, you're laying there and you're wondering, well, what, what's going on? All right? And uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. So they're looking at shadows being projected on a wall. and all of a sudden these shackles um, these shackles come off and I'm here to tell you that God can break the shackles of the enemy. God is a supernatural God. We see in Acts chapter 12, verse six and seven it says, "On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between, two soldiers bound with two chains and the guard in front of the door were watching over the prison and behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, a light shone in the cell and he struck Peter's side and woke him up saying, get up quickly and his chains fell off his hands. Listen, when God calls you, it doesn't matter what darkness you live in, it doesn't matter what your reality is, those shackles can come off. And here we have a story where an angel came and the shackles came off Peter. And John chapter 8, verse 36 says, So if the sun sets you free, you will be what? Free indeed. And so here you are laying in the back and all of a sudden you hear pop and you look over and your chains have opened up. And you're like, wow, what's going on? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because you realize I can move suddenly. Well, I'll tell you what Isaiah said. Isaiah said here in 52, verse 2, shake yourself from the dust and arise. Sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourselves from the bonds of your neck, right? O captive of Zion. So you're like, hey, I'm going to get up. So you start to get up and you've never used your legs. So they're baked. And you're just like, you're shaking. Your knees are having fellowship one with another. You're kind of like going all over the place. Your friends are like, what are you doing, man? Lay down in the dirt. And you find some strength, and you pivot yourself around, and all of a sudden you see Pastor Peter and Camilla and Anita carrying these items behind the wall. And you put two and two together. Wow, that's like three-dimensional, lots of color. That's the real item. This is just a shadow. And you put two and two together. And you say, hey, guys, turn around. They're like, shut up, lay down. But, but if you turn around, you'd see that, they're just shadows on the wall. Shut up, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? Everybody knows there's nothing behind you. And so you realize they're not going to listen. So you you start walking past the wall and you're checking out Pastor Peter and he's kind of giggling and Nita's there. And, 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 and you look down to the end of the tunnel and you see a little light at the end of the cave. You guys following me here? And uh, Isaiah 9 verse 2 says, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them, a light has shined. And you know who that light is? It's not religion. It's not a system. It's not an ideology. It's Jesus, the son of the living God. And so you see that light and you begin to, with all your pain and You're you're pulling yourself, you've never walked, and you say, I'm heading towards that light, because that's greater than what I have here, and you start going towards that light, and you get towards the entrance of the cave, and you step out, and you scream, because you do something really stupid, you look up at the sun. And you fry your eyes. You're oh, right? So you spend days kind of just waddling around with your eyes covered because of the brightness of everything. And you're kind of like, get, you, you know, you notice this stuff under your feet. And it's it's got this cool color, like, you know, Christine's T-shirt over there. Green. It's grass, right? And you get excited. And you go, wow. And you get down and you taste it. And you're like, oh, it's disgusting. It's worse than the cockroaches I've been eating in the cave, right? It's horrible. Bitter, Right? And so you continue to walk, and you're experiencing a whole world that you would never have experienced if you stayed in the cave. And you come to, um, you know, you come to uh, to a tree, and you see this beautiful brown tree, and there's these red things hanging on it, and you pull it off, and. You start to bite into it, and it's an apple. You're like, oh, this is so good. You've never tasted fruit before. And then you find an orange tree. Okay, this is a good area of the world you're living in. You're finding all these fruit trees, and you're eating the fruit of the tree, and that fruit is wonderful. Amen? But I want to say this, that when you're coming out of a cave and out of darkness, it's uncomfortable because you're trying to adjust to the light. You're trying to adjust to the new world. And, and and eventually, you get out there and you realize, you can get to a point where you can look to the sun, you can look up and you can see and you can explore because your eyes have adjusted, your body has adjusted to the temperature, to the light, to, to everything. And you're like, you have this revelation. I was living in a cave, but now I'm free. Now I realize what the world is all about. And so you get down to... Um, you get down to, uh, to, a, to to a water brook, and when you get down to the water brook, um, there's this river, and you see people swimming in it that have come out of... And you start talking, hey, yeah, I was in this cave on this area, and I came out of this cave. One day, my shackles came open, and here I am. And so you're swimming in the... They're all swimming in the water, and you're eating the fruit, and so... You know, they're saying, hey, you need a, this week we're having a conference about the fruit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. The fruit is so awesome. We're going to have conferences about it. We're going to talk about the love of God. And we're going to have a conference about the river, which represents the Holy Spirit. We're going to, you know, go in the river and we're going to do all this stuff. And, 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 and you're starting to think to yourself, does anyone remember the cave? Does anyone remember the people that are still back in the caves? Our family? Our friends who are still in the cave? Like, this is great. I want to learn about the fruit. I want to learn about the water. I want all this stuff. But uh, let's not forget about those who are still in the cave, right? And uh, so you start having these these experiences. And then then this guy comes up. His name's Evangelist. We'll call him Evangelist. He comes up. He's like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm great. Why are you covering your nose? You kind of stink a bit. And he goes, you know, I can see, I can see that you, you have revelation. You're looking at the sun. You're free from your bonds. But you need to be washed. So we're going to baptize you. And he takes you into the water, and they baptize you so the filth and stench of the cave gets washed away. And that's why we're having a water baptism today, right? Acts chapter 22, verse 16, you know... And Ananias is talking to Paul. He says, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. There's something so symbolic in water baptism that we're going under the water. We're dying with Christ and we're rising in newness of life. And the sins, you might have revelation. He's your Lord, but you're saying, God, I want you to wash away the cave. I want you to wash away the ways of this world. I want to be cleansed of the flesh. Can I hear an amen? Okay, so here's the thing. You decide to go back to the cave and some some people come with you and you go back to your cave and you get to the cave and now you're going into the cave and it's very uncomfortable because now your eyes have to adjust to the darkness and you have some other people with you and they're like, you know, I don't want to go back in there. It's too dark. It's uncomfortable and they're becomes there's this tension. Can you live in both worlds? Can you live in the kingdom of God's dear son, but still be willing to go back into the kingdom of darkness to rescue people? And so some people are with you that have been delivered. They're like, You know, what? I'm just going back to the river conference, okay? I, I'm going back to eat some fruit. I'm not comfortable, but you, you, you're you going back in and it's uncomfortable and it's dark and your eyes have to adjust to the darkness and, and you know that you're going to come into conflict when you get down there. It's not comfortable going back into the world. Can I hear an amen? And so you go back into that place and there's your peeps all laying there on the ground and you come over and say, guys, listen, you know. You gotta listen to me. There's a real world. If you if you would only get up and turn around, you would see that that what you're looking at the the the, the, those are just shadows. That's not the real. You know. You want to know what family is? You want to know what gender is? You want to know all of these things? These are shadows. The real thing is behind you, 3D in color. You need to turn around and see what's really going. And they look at you and say, "Shut up. I don't want to hear that God stuff anymore." You're out of your mind, and you're trying to help people to understand that there's a better world, and it's not religion. It's Jesus, the Son of God. Amen? And unfortunately, what happens is a lot of Christians in that time, they're like, all right, I'll lay back down. And they get back down, and they stare at the shadows. And when they've, been, they've already been freed, but they decide to stay in the cave, if they don't lay down, they hang out in the cave, because they don't want to be persecuted and they want to fit in. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, verse 16 to 17 the seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long, they fall away as soon as they have problems. Or are persecuted for believing God's? Oh, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. And you're sitting here. I've had this experience once I was blind, but but now I can see. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to be persecuted, so I'll get back down and put my chains on. Right? How many people do you know have had in powerful, this testimony we heard from Sarah. I've had people come. I've been healed of cancer. I've had great, uh, I used to be depressed. I'm completely free. And a year later, they're back in the cave. How many have seen that? I'm here to tell you today that, you know, the first experience I had, you know, when I became a believer, I was so excited. I would I ran to all my caves. I went to all my friends. I said, "Guys, you gotta you gotta hear this gospel. It's not about religion. It's about having a relationship. You know, you can have peace and joy in your life, and the world's so great outside of the cave." And, and I didn't use the word cave, of course, but they're 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 all they're all like, some of them came, but a lot of them were like, "You know what? I don't want that." I want to lay and look at the shadows. How many have experienced that? And, and here's, here's the truth. Why does this happen? John chapter 3, verse 16 to 21. We're going to look at this. Now, you're going to see this differently now. Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Next verse. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. See, what happens is people feel condemned. When the light comes on and the light comes around, people are condemned. They feel condemned, but it's, it's not that Jesus is there to condemn them. Jesus is there to save them, but then their sin is being exposed. You know, it's so amazing. When you go to a restaurant, how many go to a nice restaurant and you have a date, right? My wife and I go, and we go to a restaurant, and it's a romantic restaurant, and they keep the lights dim, right? Because they know if they make the, the, the lights bright, the, the wife's going to be looking at the freckle and the zit on your nose and everything else, right? So they want you to look good, right? And you look good in the darkness, right? That's why we dim the lights in here. We all look pretty, right? Put the lights on, you start seeing the defects, right? So when the spiritual light comes in the room, if you walk in the room and people start like squirming, it's because the glory of the Lord is upon you. Amen. Amen? And so God knew this, so he gave us these verses. God did not send his son of the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Let's go to the next verse. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Next verse. And this is the condemnation. So this is why people feel condemned. The light has come into the world. Men love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Go to the next verse. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. When you're talking to people about Jesus, they're like, if they really saw what I was like, they wouldn't be talking to me right now, and God wouldn't want me. And they get scared, and they begin to back off, because in their heart, the darkness does not want to be exposed. Right? And that's when you tell people, listen, I'm not better than you. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But I believe I'm better off because I've turned to the Son. And all you have to do is turn to the Son. You don't have to feel condemned. Just come and confess your sin. Because you know what the Bible says here? Here's the fact. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. God is not holding People's sins against them. You got people that you're working with, people you're going to school with, family members. You got to tell them, listen, God's not holding your sin against you anymore. It was all taken care of. Look what it says. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Next verse. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. Now, the word plead means to beg. Or to passionately try to persuade someone to do something. And so we are pleading for people to come back to God. We are trying to convince people to come back with us out of the cave. Right? But you know what? The brightness is scary to people who have only known darkness and shadows. Okay? And here's what God is saying. God is no longer holding Your sins against you because Jesus on the cross, the punishment for sin is death. He died for your sins. It's been paid in full. God is saying, come back, be reconciled. It's your turn. God made his chest move. Now it's your turn, right? God, I want you to make another move before I make a move. No, the rules of the game is God made his move. Now you make yours. So God provided forgiveness for your sins. He's not holding your sin against you. He's willing to wel- welcome you, open arms. Then you have to say, yes, daddy, and you jump into that relationship. God is not holding your sins against you. And so many people think, and religion says, you have to jump through loops, and you've got to do this to be approved. You need to do that to be approved. And you've got to pray uh, to the West so many times, and you have to go to see a priest, and you have to do... No, the Bible says it's all been done through Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is the tension of the Christian life, to live in the kingdom of light and to return to plead with people to turn towards the sun. It's certainly more comfortable to stay away from the cave, but I believe God wants us to be a people that are willing to go into the dark places. And, and next week, we're talking about the end times. So we need to realize in the midst of the end times, God is calling us to be ambassadors for him to reconcile people. As it gets darker, you know, we can go in and say, hey, God is the light. He's the one that will free you from darkness. Can I hear an amen? All right? And so this is why we do baptism. Just like in the story, right? You come out of the cave and you get water baptized, right? Uh, to get to wash away the effects of sin and the world and all that kind of stuff, and um, Jesus commanded Mark chapter sixteen verse sixteen: Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So, baptism is part of the salvation experience, right? You, you, it's part of the obedience to Christ. First Peter three twenty one, corresponding to uh, rescuing from the flood, baptism. We got it up there. there. There is also an antitype which now saves us baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of Holy Spirit, I think um, this whole analogy I, I heard some a preacher once share this analogy of Plato, and it kind of my eyes opened up, and I realized the tension that is in Christianity that it is very uncomfortable if we 're going to be honest to go back to a place that God has set us free from, but he wants to use us, and so our prayer has to be God. how what does it look like for me to plead with people? And, and to share the faith, and and just go an extra mile and try a little harder, because I believe that God wants to deliver people because He loves people. Can I hear Amen? Awesome. Let's stand together. What we're going to do here, um, this is a little a little different than maybe some other churches you've been been to. We're going to have a time of worship. We're going to have a couple songs of worship during that time. Um, If you want to get baptized, we have a few that are getting baptized this morning, but if you say, hey, I want to be baptized, I want to be washed, I've never been baptized, or I didn't understand baptism, but now I do, um, then you can get baptized today. Uh, Melanie is standing there. Melanie, come up here for a second. So she's got, in the back room, we got these beautiful baptism t-shirts you get to keep. Uh, We got shorts, if you need a pair of shorts, and we've got some large towels, that you can use. So if anybody wants to get water baptized, we're going to, during the worship song, um, while we're doing the worship here, if you want, just go see Melanie. She'll get you set up. Who, who here is getting baptized already that has let me know already? Okay. Jerry? Alright, so if you go with Melanie, she'll set you up. Anybody else, last minute, you're saying, I heard this message today and I want to make a commitment to God, then, um, then this is your moment. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your people, God. We thank you, Lord, that you're calling us to, um, to surrender all God, that we're living in a time that, you know, that we can share the gospel with people, that we can, uh, we, we can go back into those uncomfortable places to share the story of your glory, to share what it's like to be living in under the sun. And God, I pray that you'd give all of your people, including me, give us courage, God. Give us, give us your courage and speak to our hearts about the time we're living in and give us wisdom. And all God's people said... Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinte West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.